You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Regulators. You regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. Gotta be handy with the steel if you know what I mean. Earn you keep. Regulators! Mauna! It was a clear black ball in! Ball out! It's a hoop ball presentation. Hoop ball! Welcome back, folks. It's your favorite Lakers podcast. I am Eric Noble here with the illustrious, beautiful. <laughs> Eli Bauman, what's up, my man? I like that we always call our, each other beautiful. Yeah, well, you, it's it very is, nice. You are beautiful. Thank you, Eric. What was Thank not you. beautiful was this last game. It was That was really one of the most putrid games of the season. And, and if that sounded like a deflated intro, the ball-in, ball-out intro. <laughs> I thought you actually did a good job of conveying excitement, considering that we just watched, like, I think the final score is like, in the low 80s, right? It was, like, 84, 82 or something. Um, I'm, I'm actually... There's there's nothing to talk about on this podcast, but I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, this is like the real doldrums of the league. We're like either teams are tanking or like whatever the hell we're doing, which is hard to know. It is a weird time of the season. What do you, how are you feeling? I'm feeling this is exactly how I'm feeling. There was absolutely zero importance of this game. None. Um we are we're long gone out of the playoffs. That's I've, right. I've had a really tough week. I've just been yeah. like working a lot of hours, <laughs> and all I wanted to do today was to watch the Lakers Kings game with my good friend and watch That's right. like a, and have a glass of white wine, which we did. Is exactly what we did, and it was a horrible game. Horrible, but a lovely and, evening. And I just like couldn't have been happier. That's you. You just encapsulated like everything that's right with sports, because <laughs> it's like Sunday night. I was bitching to Eric before he got here that I had to like do my, like, taxes all day, and then I'd, like, fill out, like, medical form, just, like, all kinds of, like, crappy adulthood things. And then, like, it was nice. I just, like, my, like, friend came over, and we, like, ordered ramen and just, like, sat and, like, made jokes about, like, Jack Cooley, <laughs> who is this, was the starting center on the Sacramento the, the Kings. The peak performer of the game, Jack peak Cooley. Peak performer, Jack Cooley. And it was just fun. Yeah, it's just, like, you can kind of zone out and watch a game and, like, eat some gyoza. It's exactly it. it we, we were liking it at, when when your wife, Joanna, came in. Both of our wives are big Real Housewives fans. And, right, And yeah. we were likening this to, to the Real Housewives series. Yeah. Though this was probably like Vanderpump Rules. It was like a little bit of <laughs> like a, a less good offshoot, ver- offshoot version. Because like I hardly recognize any of the players on the court. Yeah, but it's as, as mindless as any like mindless yes. reality TV where you just want to like zone out and relax and not pay attention. And yes. And it has no like intellectual value at all. Zero whatsoever. And there are good episodes and there are bad episodes. This was a particularly bad episode. <laughs> yeah. But we, <laughs> we still really enjoyed it. You know it's a bad episode when like Ivisa Zubats is playing like 32 minutes. <laughs> That's when you know it's, 
You know, like sometimes when, like, the, yeah, it's like the, when the Real Housewives go on like vac- vacation to Mexico or something. I like, feel oh, like that's every episode. that's every episode. Though. No, they're always la- they're always launching like a new product, and they always have some like gala event or like a <laughs> yeah. birthday, and then someone doesn't come on time or like someone might not get invited. It's like there's always those some launch party for some like bull- uh, business that side business that one of them yeah. has. Uh, or a trip yeah, to like, like Cabo. Yeah, a trip to Cabo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this this particular game was a trip to Cabo. Yeah. But these games are what separate... Watching these games are what separates the real fans from the bandwagon <laughs> fans. Or the people who have like unhealthy like addictions to watching basketball. Or no lives. Or no lives. I think we I, have, I like to, I'd like to think that we have lives. Yeah, we definitely have lives. I think I also have like an unhealthy addiction to watching <laughs> basketball, but... Uh, um, but, but we're, you know, yeah, these are for the real fans. These are for the real fans. It's for the 300 level fans. The 300 level, the, the people who on Easter Sunday, April fools. That's right. <laughs> when yeah. there's Jokes nothing, when there's nothing riding on it, when the Kings are playing Jack Cooley, who's going to watch these games? It's the ball in ball out crew. That's exact. That's exactly right. So let's break down the game. Tell me some of your your favorite things about this game. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, moving on to the next no, game. Uh, uh, no, that's the that's the perfect noise for this game because there, there was nothing good about there this game. was nothing good about this game. Yeah. Lawrence Tanner, who is the <laughs> the Lakers public announcement guy, who's been with the team for like thirty years. Yeah, since the eighties. He's the guy who's famous behind the. Laker girls voice. Yeah. Uh, he was out sick today. <laughs> Do you think he was like actually out or he was just like, fuck this, I'm not coming to this game? <laughs> definitely the latter. Yeah, he's like, he's in Cabo. <laughs> he's definitely in Cabo with the Real Housewives. Because I don't think he's like ever missed a game. I mean, he clearly no. like waited till they were out of the postseason and was like, oh, the Kings are playing. Oh, no, no. So he was no out. Thanks. Lonzo was out. Yeah. Brandon Ingram was out with the concussion, concussion protocol, protocol, which no one still If you understands. didn't know better, you'd think we were tanking. Yeah, because like Lonzo has like a knee contusion, which basically means like he banged his knee like slightly hard. And the concussion protocol, no one actually pays attention if something of consequence is riding on the game. No one knows what that is. Uh, It just seems like, I mean, this is it, it is a weird kind of brain space that the Lakers must be in because, you know, even the Kings, even though they are trying to tank, they screwed it up tonight. They they couldn't out tank us. But, you know, like even the teams that are trying to lose or at least kind of have a goal in mind, the teams that are trying to make the playoffs obviously have a goal in mind. We are the only team, us and like the Detroit Pistons, are the only two teams that are in like this weird playoff purgatory where we're neither good nor bad. We're just in the middle kind of riding out the season trying not to get hurt. It's bizarro world. It is bizarro world. So I I don't even know what to expect in these games, you know. The last three games, and let's just lump these in together so that we don't have to ever talk about them. But we played the Dallas Mavericks since we since we talked to you last here on Ball In, Ball Out. We played the Dallas Mavericks where we were basically behind the whole game, and then the entire fourth quarter, Dallas played the wackest lineup I have ever seen. <laughs> Five guys I have never heard of. They trotted out just no names. Complete no names. There was like a German guy, but it wasn't Dirk Nowitzki. It was uh, Mo Wagner. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it might as well have been Mo Wagner. It was like Dolph Lundgren. Uh, it, it was literally like a who's who of who's that. Like I had no idea who anyone was, so they lost. The Bucks game, we took to overtime on our wackest lineup of all time, which was uh, Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, Channing Fry. Welcome, Channing. Ivica Zubac and the great Caruso, who played out of their minds and brought us to overtime. Like a 20-point comeback. 20-point comeback, and then we somehow blew that game. Uh, and then this Kings game, which, as we, as Eric mentioned up top, I mean, can you just describe Jack Cooley in case people didn't? Because so, neither of us had heard of this we, So about six minutes into the first quarter, we just see this, like, obese, pasty <laughs> white man yeah. come onto the floor who just... Did not look anything like a basketball player no. or like a, an athlete at all. No, he it, looked like a lumberjack that had like we had they had like found off off the streets of Sacramento, like off like the ninety nine freeway in Fresno. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. just found this <laughs> when they said his name, Jack Cooley. Yeah, Jack Cooley. Oh I, my so God. apparently he went to Notre Dame, and I watched 
some of those Notre Dame games when they were decent, and I imagine he was on those teams. Yeah, I'm trying he did to actually, not play. No, I'm trying to find, because I remember there being an Ophi white guy on that team, but it wasn't Jack Cooley. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out who that was. Well, this guy had no business being on the court, but he had like legitimate bit. He had like legitimate minutes. He was playing like 25 minutes, and and he did okay. He did okay. He his claim to fame was he uh, drew a charging foul on Brooke Lopez, and then did kind of like a like yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> like kind of like was pumping himself up. I mean, it's funny because this is Jack Cooley, as we learned, uh, you know, was a uh, is on a two way contract, so. With the Reno Bighorns. With the Reno Bighorns. So he was literally... He is the rig- He's actually the mascot for the Reno Bighorns. <laughs> yeah. He was just, like, found at a buffet, like the Golden Nugget. <laughs> yeah, the Golden Corral. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, uh, but literally, literally, this is not a joke. Like, the Taco Bell peak performer of the game was Buddy Heald, who went, like, yeah. 7 for 13 for, like, so 17 points. That was that was the peak performance of this game. <laughs> we actually – we were talking about this uh, at the end of the game, which because Buddy Heald has, like, a very bad haircut and kind of just, like, a weird look. And it's like, what's the ceiling on a guy with that haircut? Yeah. I mean, it's like, obviously, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, who's the best good player to have a really whack haircut. That's a great question. I don't know the answer to it off the top of my head. Well, I'm then, glad Lonzo cut his hair because well, his hair doesn't bode well whack. for our team, who has very well, Ingram. Whack. Yeah, Ingram needs to. F- so we're, later in this episode, we're going to do exit interviews. Oh yeah, so <laughs> and that, that's going to be. I think later of- might be now because <laughs> honestly, we're running out of real estate to talk about these games. I mean, it, you know, we have what seven games left. We have nothing to play for. In my heart, because I'm already getting, they're already out of the playoffs. Playoffs, so I already have to get frosted tips. Yeah. The only incentive I have is that they need to beat the over, which is I think 30, it's 33. It's 33 and a half, so they need to win 34. Okay, games. so we're at 33 and 43, right? Mm, I don't think we're. I think we're less than that. Okay, let me see though. Well, we have seven games left. We have 33 wins. So right. 42, I guess. But I'm nervous we may just start shutting guys down. We also have a tough schedule, all things considered, right. for these last seven games. We're playing the Jazz, the Rockets, the Spurs. Oh, you're right. We're 33 and 43. Oh, so I just need one win. Oh, we have six games left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we have a tough schedule. That actually might might not be so easy to get one win out of these last six. <laughs> it might six. not. I think, this, I think the Jack Cooley Super Bowl was the win we needed to get, and it did not work Honestly, out. Honestly, our next best shot might be the Rockets game, which is our second to last, because I imagine they're yeah, going to have okay. nothing to play for, and they won't play anybody. Let's just do a quick look ahead here. We've got Utah on Tuesday. Lose. That's a loss. <laughs> we have San Antonio... Lose. On Wednesday. So that's a good matchup for us, but... It is, but they're playing very well. They're playing very well. with, And they have everything to play for. Yeah. We have Minnesota on Friday. They're going to play hard. They're going to play hard. Because their playoff lies are, are riding on it, but they still don't have Jimmy Butler, and they're right. pretty crappy without him. We have Utah again on Sunday. Lose. <laughs> Loss. And then... Is this it? No. Yeah, I think then the Rockets and the Clippers... Oh my god! Yeah, it's <laughs> this is going to be. The Rockets a, game is probably our best hope, right? Because they may be, yeah, resting everyone. The Clippers game could be interesting with like right, real implication, or no, if they're in, no, if they're like riding oh, on. I it. would love to knock them out. That, that would, would be, be satisfying. Though it's interesting. So it's Denver and the Clippers. Oh right, I don't want to knock them I out don't for want, Denver. Yeah, I don't want the Nuggets to make it. Yeah. Honestly, I would. I'm kind of rooting for the Clippers to get the eighth seed, and I'm not. I like, like their team. I objectively. like. They've just like tried really hard. Yeah. I like that matchup against the Rockets in the first round. Oh, that's right. That's fun. So, they hate each other. Yeah, I'd. I'd rather the T Wolves and the uh, the the Nuggets miss. The yeah, playoffs. I guess I kind of do too. Though. Unless Jimmy Butler, if he's back, I would want the T Wolves. Right, because just because I want to see them play. Yeah, they're a weird team though. That coach is. Uh, it seems miserable to play there. Yeah, I mean he's riding them into the ground. They're playing like forty-four minutes a game. Those guys. Yeah, and Wiggins thinks he's good, and he's not really that good. So let's. We had two two things to make a podcast out of nothing today. Yeah, we were really <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel. So we were like, it, I think I literally said to Eric, like, "What's a gimmick we can do?" <laughs> 
So we came up with two. Here are two options. We're going to do playoff predictions or exit interviews. Let's do the exit interviews first, and then yeah. we'll roll into the playoff predictions. Okay, great. So just to, for context, exit interviews are the things you do with your coach and general manager typically at the end of the season about what you're going to work on over the summer to come back. So the meetings are probably going to be with Rob Palenka, Luke Walton, and yeah. Mad- I'd, I'd imagine Magic. I assume Magic. So yeah. who, do, who do you want to be? <laughs> Not oh, that we yeah. actually have to act. Oh, you like mean them. like impression wise? <laughs> no, we're not. I've been gonna... trying to get this Rob Palinka impression. <laughs> yeah, Let's on not the do podcast that. all season. Next year, I'm doing it. I don't care what you guys say. I'm doing it. And everyone's gonna suffer. Full force. Full force. Fantastic. I'm gonna do it the whole season. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know that I'm gonna do any character work here. Uh, but let's let's start with. Who we know is coming back. To All the right, team let's next go year. Brandon Ingram because okay. we already mentioned the hair, and that's going to be my first exit interview comment for him. All right, good, bro. You got to work on your hair. So, what do you think you should go with hair wise? Right now, he's got the kind of like little worm. Uh, I don't even know what you call that hair. It's tip. really popular. I don't. It yeah. is popular, but it doesn't look good on anyone. Yeah, it is not a good look. Yeah, like D'Angelo Russell kind of has yeah, it. It's not a good. Look. It's not a good worm look. I would say. I don't think he would look good with cornrows, though. I'm always I I'm You're big. Pro I'm pro cornrow. Kawhi, I think Kawhi really, yeah. looks amazing with and they, cornrows. And I actually, in a weird basketball sense, the jump that I hope Ingram makes is like a mini Kawhi jump. Yeah, because I think that is kind of a that's a really good player, but someone who like. There's some just quiet and all about basketball. Quiet, all about basketball. Like good on both ends. But then became like elite on yeah on both ends. So and I just want him to go with like a no nonsense like shortcut. I think cut. you should just do it like what Lonzo did. Yeah, that's so a good cut. Who's gonna make that comment to him? Magic, Rob, or Luke? <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna deliver that like uh, that <laughs> that note to him? I Maybe Genie. Yeah, maybe Genie. Genie can deliver. I that. definitely think like the way that this Lakers team works is it'll definitely be one of his teammates <laughs> because one thing that our team is the best in the league at is giving each other yeah. constantly. So maybe Kuzma will just Kuzma like, tell him or to get Alonzo a or someone. All right. So what's your actual exit interview instruction for Brandon Ingram? Well, I think if if the thing that Ingram did between last year and this year obviously was like. He worked on his his strength, even though it doesn't look like it, but it definitely affected it, and he got to the rim. I think the key for him is to become a three-point... Uh, and th- unfortunately, this is going to be kind of... I'm going to keep saying this about a lot of our guys, because we really just... Our team is actually pretty good, but we don't have any knockdown three-point shooters. And I think he's got to just expand that part of his game. Though I was looking real quick at his percentages this year. It looks like he's 39%. From, oh, that's pretty good, actually. So, so yeah, I don't know how much higher he could go. I don't think, actually, yeah, that should not... be the focus. Well, I think the focus, and you mentioned this earlier, is his free throw percentage. Oh, God, yes. So Also could go for everyone on our team. <laughs> right. But his big jump this year was getting to the line. Yeah. Being aggressive, driving, and that was an amazing thing to add to his game. But he's shooting 68%. Oh. So we need him to How get... How is that even possible? We need him to get to 80%. That's my yeah. note to him. And that seems doable because there's nothing intrinsically broken about his form or anything. It just seems like focus and whatever, yeah. repetition. 80%, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying he needs to get to. And how old is he? He's 20. So, I mean, I think, you know, obviously he's going to try to put, put more weight on and more strength. I mean, he's got to strengthen that groin. Yeah, he's really got to strengthen that groin. <laughs> he has, like, a very weak groin. I feel like he did the thing when, like, guys go to the gym and they just, like, get, like, upper body strong and, like, leave leave their, like, legs alone because, yeah, his groin is all kinds of messed up. But now he's in the concussion protocol. I just don't know what's going on with, with Ingram. It was really, like, he was so promising this season, but the injuries kind of I, – I hope he's not going to be one of these guys who's, like, always getting hurt. I don't think so. I think no, it seems I think like a weird he could have been thing. back for many more of the games than he actually played, but we That's just like, want to be super conservative, which is the right and not play approach. these guys. So, okay, free throws for him and his haircut and his haircut. Okay. Julius, go. Okay, well then I'll 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 take my one for Ingram. Julius has a good haircut, by the way. Very good haircut. <laughs> Very good haircut. He seems like he's got his life in order. 
two things for Julius. One, uh, Julius should get paid. I hope Julius gets paid. I don't care. That's your exit interview yeah, advice. My him. interview <laughs> exit interview. You're is, Rob Palenka, and you tell get, him to get paid. Get what you're worth. I'm a big believer <laughs> in getting what you're worth. Uh, As the people paying him. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. No. Uh, first of all, I'd say to Julius, please come back. Please consider us. We're going to make a very competitive offer that I just mentioned. Um, and then I would say you have clearly become one of the elite post players in the league right now, a thing that doesn't exist. Um, the two things I think he really needs to work on, are his outside shot, even if it's not a three, but like a, a reliable 16, 18-footer, that kind of like Malone shot that – that no one does anymore. The Blake Griffin. If he just did something so people didn't know that he was going to put his head down and go straight to the basket. I think Malone's a really good comp. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's a thing that doesn't really exist anymore. Uh, that would be my number one thing. Uh, I think um, passing out of those drives, he's gotten a little bit better at that. And then um, – Help defense, like rotational scheme defense. He's actually a very good one-on, like he's a good defender one-on-one, but he gets lost a lot still. Those are my exact three notes. I think passing, particularly out of the double team. So he's so strong and teams are going to get, are going to start noticing that and they're going to start double teaming him. Yeah. And he's going to have to take the next step above that and start passing out of those double teams. Yeah. And he's not... Not very good at that. No, it's like he doesn't quite see them when they're there. I think the NBA is, like, all about adjustments. You, like, raise your level of your game, and then teams adjust to that. That's right. And then you have to, like, develop your counter yeah. to that. So, yes. you know, he developed his post game. Teams are going to start countering that with a double team, and he's yep. got to develop his counter to that counter. Yep. That's right. All right. Okay. So, I think the next kind of surefire core piece of this team is Lonzito. You want to go? Lonzito. So, Eric, you are uh, Palenka or Magic or someone. Luke? Luke. Uh, actually, I think I, Luke, my Luke is pretty good. <laughs> That's uh, a horrible Luke one. <laughs> well, I don't know if you saw the game, but. Um, okay, so you're one of these guys. Lonzo is sitting in his in your office. What are you saying to him? He's got to work on. Lonzo, just keep loving the game. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mess with his shot. I'm not. Right. Not gonna eh, do interesting. it. I'm not gonna do it. I want him to develop for another year, and I really want him to focus on his driving and his finishing. I yeah. don't care about the outside shot right now. Yeah. I actually think if he gets much better at finishing and gets the confidence there, his outside shot is going to start falling. I kind of agree with you. If he just gets like stronger and the floater, the floater is like my one prescription. The floater is like in like the modern NBA, like any point guard has to have a floater. Like it used to be like only Tony Parker had it and like Chris Paul. Yeah. Now like you're pretty much not a starting level point guard if you don't have a floater. And that's why I prefaced it with like, Love the game because I think if they, if again, like the focus this offseason is mess with your shot, that's going to like take away his love for the game. That's true. It becomes like, technical. It's very technical. It's dry. It's boring. Yeah. But like if he focuses on finishing and getting more creative, getting more moves, getting the floater, like that's still fun. The shot should come later. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I think that's right. What's your, what are your notes for Well, now? the complete opposite. <laughs> well, no, mine is super not fun. No, I was, actually wasn't going to talk about his shot either. And I think you and I are, are basically saying the same thing. But I think, like, him more than anyone else needs to, like, work on his body and, like, work on his strength. Because yeah. I think Lonzo's, I think Lonzo is, like, one of those guys who's, like, very confident but also gets his confidence shaken really easily. And what you noticed is, like, all of his issues kind of run together. So his free throw shooting is not good. So, therefore, he's, like, not driving that much. Then, because he doesn't want to get fouled in there, he, like, doesn't really jump into people with his body. He doesn't use his body to, like, draw contact because he doesn't want to get fouled. Also, because his body is slight, he doesn't jump into people because he kind of thinks it's... I I don't know what his apprehension is, but I think... If he got physically stronger 
And because he can get around dudes. It's like he gets there and then just kind of decides that's as far as he's going and I'm going to pass. Yeah. He happens to be a gifted passer, but throughout the that's season. That's going to get taken away if and he they started learn doing to that. People yeah. were literally like pulling back on him when he was three feet away from the basket. Yeah. And actually in the Dallas game, that was a good – one of the things that happened in the Dallas game is I think he was like five for six and they were all like two-pointers. He hit, like, a bank shot, like, off the glass. He hit, like, a pull-up. Like, he was doing that. And I was like, oh, well, why doesn't he just do that more often? So I think he's just got to build the confidence so that it becomes muscle memory. So it becomes what you're saying, just fun to play. So he doesn't get in there and is thinking, like, uh, I don't want to do this. So that's the. I think that's what he's got to do. I think this is a this is a really important offseason. This is crucial. Yeah. And yeah. I hope they just, like, I hope the Lakers organization doesn't mess it up. I mean, I have faith in these people, but they haven't really... I mean, they've shown that they're good at drafting. Yeah. And now we'll see if they're good at player development. And Lonzo's really resilient. I mean, yeah, he, he, went through, okay. he went through one of the worst first, like, 25-game yeah. stretches and just, like, weathered, really true. weathered a huge storm of, like, playing huge. awful, getting so much crap, and then he had a, a stretch where he's playing really good basketball. And yeah. that speaks a lot to him. So... I mean, that's really, one, that's really true. On the one hand, I'm saying it's a really like crucial time, but on the other, like I think he's resilient enough; he'll make it work. But if also you just think about like what, yeah, exactly what you said, like what he's had to endure this year. I mean, he had a crash course in like welcome to the league, dog. You know, like yeah, he went through everything like you can go through minus playing in important games, but any anything you can go through like as far as distractions, as far as like how you're going to fit in with a team, having the spotlight on you, pressure, like all that stuff he went through. And he did come out of it pretty well. And he's going to be a dad. He's having a child. Is he really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. So, uh, you know. The two of you. Maybe you guys will be in yeah, like. Exactly. Uh, exactly. For all our listeners Maybe out we'll there. be in like a mommy and me. Or, <laughs> exactly. You know, daddy Lamaze class sitting next to each other. I actually heard you were going to name your daughter Lonzo. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> if you were to name your daughter after a Lakers player current lakers player who would it be alex caruso but as one word <laughs> alex caruso bauman alex caruso bauman yeah what would the middle or probably name? avitza just because i could be like that that sounds like kobe's daughter would be like yeah. avitza bryant <laughs> perfect okay um, um all right that's lonzo let's go with hart josh hart what's your uh, exit interview advice for him nothing i think he has he has the most kind of like I think the good news and the bad news for Josh Hart is the same news, which is that, like, this is who Josh Hart is. Like, he ain't going to get that much better, yep. and he's definitely not going to get any worse. But this is who he is. He's he's probably going to be a 3 and D guy. Uh, he's going to be reliable, a thorn in your side. He's going to play 25 to 30 minutes a game and he's just going to be like rock solid. You're never going to have to worry about Josh Hart, but he's also not going to, you know, we're not going to be talking about Josh Hart in the same sentence as Donovan Mitchell. You know what I mean? So for most of these guys, we're giving like exit interview advice of like another skill that they need to develop. Right. But you took the words out of my mouth with Josh Hart. I'm just saying three and D you right. develop your three point shot and your, your defense and just work on that. Yeah, um, and that's already what he's a specialist at, and just like become elite, right? At I think, that, I think you actually mentioned this this player earlier when we were talking about Josh Hart, another podcast. But like, he should just look at like what Danny Green's career is exactly, and just be like, I'm going to be Danny Green next year, and then maybe I'll be better than Danny Green. But like, that's I mean that's that's who he is as a basketball player. He knows who he is, and I think. Uh, He's probably a little bit more athletic than Danny Green, actually. So, um, athletic. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think he's just got to keep doing what he's doing and not try to. I actually think like he'll only run into trouble if he tries to be other things that he's not. Exactly. Um, okay. I think as you're saying, the NBA is all about you have your superstars and then your role players, and the role players need to know exactly what their role yes. is and become elite at that. And that's what, what he needs to do. Yep. My other exit interview advice for him is to move to the South Bay 
as as per yeah, Richard he's Jefferson. Got, he's got to. I don't know if he is living there. Where is he living right well, now? Well, per the podcast, the Richard Jefferson podcast I, yeah. I heard from the beginning of the year, he was living in Marina Del Rey, which is just a whack choice. No, Marina Del Rey is a whack choice. So there's if, nothing in Marina Del Rey, unless you have a boat. Yeah, so if there's you're no Luke real Walton reason. and you're talking to him, you have to get, yeah, him. get him on that Hermosa. Yeah, and he should be playing beach volleyball all summer with Jefferson, Luke, just playing, working on his three-point shot, his defense, and his, like, spike. Yeah, his bump set spike. <laughs> um, exactly. Okay, uh, Kuzma. Kuzma, uh, defense. Yeah. that's He's already, like, a top, you know, offensive guy on our team. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what to recommend on defense, um, but just watching him... He looks like a half step slow, yeah. both in his individual defense and in his rotations. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, like the X's and O's of, of exactly what he needs to work on, but 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 he does need to focus more on the defensive end. I think that's exactly right, and I think like he's an interesting case because one thing that's kind of interesting about the young guys on this team is like we don't really have a lot of killers on this team. We have a lot of like very nice, quiet guys, especially Lonzo and Brandon. Uh, Julius, I think, can get there, but he he's – even he is not a, a kind of like rip-your-heart-out kind of guy. Uh, Kuzma is wired that way. And so I do think for Kuzma, it really is about, like, how great do you want to be? Like, I think that's the – if I'm Luke – uh, how great do you want to be? That's the question <laughs> I'm asking you right now. That's that's a pretty good impression. Right All right. Now. I mean – just it's on you, Kyle. I mean, how great do you want to be in the NBA? Which I think he wants to be great. I and think he wants to be that's great. That's why Kobe met with him. And I think exactly. Right. There's a reason why that's who Kobe gravitated to yeah. among all of the Lakers, that that was the guy Kobe like decided to dine with. Him and Alex Caruso. Him and Alex. <laughs> so <laughs> he's I, definitely I, on team great Caruso. He's definitely on team Caruso. But I think that to me, that's the I think it's just you have to challenge Kuzma. I think Kuzma's the kind of guy who might – I think it's plausible that Kuzma comes back next year and is a little bit worse or the same. Or Kuzma comes back next year and scores 24 points a game with, like, 10 rebounds. Like, I think that's possible for him because I just think, like, he does have, like, a really diverse game. He's, he has so many moves and so many finishes. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible, and he's really feeling himself, and he does feel like in the mold of these guys who just keep kind of rising, and then you're like, oh, this guy's like an, this guy's like an all-star level player. Like, this guy's Gordon Hayward, or this guy's whatever. Like, I think that's possible for him. I just don't – I think, as you said, it's just kind of like the defense is the thing that will lower his base, his, his floor. I also think that when guys start to focus on the defensive end, they might take a little bit step back offensively, yeah, and yeah. so that might happen. That's true. I wouldn't be surprised if his offensive numbers yeah. took a little bit of a hit, but if he gets better at defense, I'm for that. He definitely has the love and patience of the Laker crowd. Like, the game I went to, and you can hear it on TV too, but like he's more than Lonzo, more than Ingram, more than Julius even this season. Kuzma's like the favorite of the Laker fans. Absolutely. Like he he has a lot of goodwill and I think like he's basically playing with house money at this point. He's just got to he's just got to decide that this is his life and you know uh, um there was an interesting interview someone did with Donovan Mitchell who I've been really like loving from afar and have like a small wager on winning rookie of the year. So yeah, that's going to have a nice payout. Well, I think Ben Simmons is going to win, but uh. But I'm pulling for Donovan Mitchell. But a thing, interesting thing that Donovan Mitchell said when someone asked, like, well, why are you so much better in the NBA than you are in college? And he's like, well, it's my job. He's like, this is all I do. <laughs> he's like, he's like, believe it or not, I actually went to class, and I had, like, other On stuff to Rick do. On the Rick Louisville team. Look, I'm wow, just telling you what the man okay. said. Uh he just said, like, I went to class, and I had, like, other things going on. I was busy, and I was going out. He's like... When you're in the NBA, you do nothing but play basketball and play video games. Like, that's all you do. That's I think it. he has a wife and kid, though. Donovan Mitchell? Probably, yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I, I do think it's just like I'm hoping that that's what happens with all these guys is now they this is just – this is your full-time job, and that's just like what you're going to do 
and uh, L.A. in the summer is where everyone comes to play pickup games. Do you ever play in those pickup games? <laughs> uh, I love to think that I, I would. I mean, they usually play at the men's court at UCLA. Yeah. I have... I have, like, looked in there. I mean, uh, I was just going to say, like, you can do that, right? You can show up. I mean, But I also, you're, like, a UCLA alum, kind of. Uh, I mean, I have my like ID. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on staff at UCLA. Right. So couldn't you just kind of sneak in there? Yeah, I mean, I think They're probably, like, closed, anyone can they? just kind of walk in there. <laughs> but when do those guys all... I've heard that all they do is play at UCLA and, like, Calabasas High. <laughs> Calabasas. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should That's definitely like just like they play. we should just like troll around Calabasas High. Probably get like arrested for that. Uh, yeah, maybe we should just like spy around UCLA this this summer. Yeah, let's just do it. Let's just be like weird pervs. <laughs> so okay, so those are kind of the main guys who are definitely coming back, right? Uh, hopefully, Julius is in that list. By the way, you mentioned you went to you've been to one game this season. Yeah, only one. I've been to zero I know. games this season. Yet you've you've talked more Lakers this year than you have in the rest of your life. That's crazy. Um, I know. Our good friend Josh is coming this week, yes. and we want to go to a game with him. Yeah, we're trying. Uh, but he he, he, he wants to go, to go to Shabbat on. dinner. Yeah, <laughs> Shabbos, Josh, get rid of your Shabbos. Plans Come on, God so will forgive go you. God will forgive. He probably just wants to hang out with his sister and and. Yeah, knees and of course it, probably, it comes from a good place, but also ditch it. Come on, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Uh, other other players. Well, so Isaiah Thomas is out with for four months, getting his hip. Get operated. your hip straight. That's but my I think this is him. honestly this is all good because now the thing that we should do with him anyway, which is wait to see who else we get, and then offer him a one year contract. Now he has no reason to expect anything other than that. I mean, yeah. You can't say, like, well, I'm out for four months with the same hip problem. So he didn't get surgery before? Is that what happened? No, he did. He waited too long initially. Then he got surgery, and then he was recovering from the surgery. Now they basically have to do a cleanup surgery. Gotcha. He, but he did get a surgery already yes, on it. Yes, but he didn't get it when he should have. Okay. And then Danny Ainge traded him because Danny Ainge is a cold-blooded turncoat very smart very smart and i don't like him uh kcp uh come on back if you like we like you yeah i I don't really know where his game goes i feel like he kind of is who he is yeah brooke lopez uh get your butt in the post keep getting like slower like keep lumbering even slower and slower on your drives to the basket he is so slow my note to him here here's my serious note to him get a rebound dog (laughs) i know get in there get a rebound you're a legit seven footer with like a wide base yeah and you literally have had games where you've had zero zero and like two rebounds get a rebound dog he's okay Julius is a better rebounder than him. Oh, by far. Zubats is a better rebounder than yeah. him. Ingram's yeah. a better rebounder than him. Lonzo's a better rebounder than him. Josh Hart's a better rebounder than him. KCP's a better rebounder than him. Kyle Kuzma's a better rebounder than him. Alex Caruso's a better rebounder than him. The only player who's not a better rebounder is like Tyler Ennis. Or Travis Ware. <laughs> Travis Ware's probably a better rebounder. Or Luol Deng. <laughs> what do you think? Okay. <laughs> what does a day in the life of Luol Deng look like? I don't even know. I because we were playing probably, like seven guys, and he's not in the rotation. I so. mean, I think he's just like a good family man. I don't yeah. even know if he is married and has a kid, but like that's how I'd imagine yeah. he just like cooks dinner for his wife and kid, and like I mean, it must be kind of like a nice year. He just like lives here, he practices, hangs out, makes many millions of dollars, so many millions. But he doesn't seem to like want to play. What's your exit interview? Let's. This will be kind of our, our wrap up for this. This this version, Luke Walton. What's your exit interview? Oh, that's a really Luke good question. Luke. All right. Well, <laughs> first of all, it was a good season. You did a good job. Good play calls out of the timeouts. Uh, the team played hard for you, Luke. So I I respect that. Uh, no. Uh, um, <laughs> what does Luke need to get better? I think Luke. There's some definitely like in-game stuff that Luke needs to improve on you mean not turning the ball over out of like a out of a timeout set play yeah and i think like the rotations showed a little lack of imagination a lot this season a lot of things took him kind of too long to realize earlier in the year um the things he definitely doesn't need to work on is like buy-in from his players they play hard for him 
they seem to want him to succeed and them to succeed to help him succeed. Um, I do sometimes look at like, like I was watching um, Boston was playing someone the other day and like, they just went to like a two, three zone in the middle of the game and it like completely swung it. Brad Stevens is on some crazy tip. And that dude is like uh, next level. And I was just kind of like, Oh, like that's when you have like a guy who's, he's like a savant. He's like a savant and they play hard for him. Or like Quinn Snyder, it's like I watched the Utah Jazz play, and I'm like, oh, they're running like really creative things, and they seem to really love playing for him. I don't know that Luke is on those guys' level just on a X's and O standpoint, but I guess, I don't know. That seems like the kind of thing you could get. The other thing seems harder to do. Like, I don't care how long you coach in this in the league, like, no one's gonna like playing for Stan Van Gundy. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my gosh! So what do you what do you think about the master about of panic? Luke? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I don't know enough about coaching. Even though I've spent four years coaching nine and ten year olds, <laughs> yeah. I know what's well, the same. I know less <laughs> coaching now than I did before I had that experience. Um, I think he's got a his his suit game. He's stepped it up. He like went yeah, to the men's true. warehouse last summer. That's true, and like stepped up that game. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think I think he's doing a fine job. Yeah. Do you think he's a top ten coach in the league? Uh, off the cuff, I'd say no. Right, because Popovich, Carlisle, Stevens, Dwayne K. Yeah, it, it seems like already. It were, seems already no. But I think he's in the top half. Yeah. And maybe he can get there. I mean, we just don't really He's know. He's better we than the Bucks interim coach, who looks like <laughs> an accountant for, like, Pricewaterhouse. Yeah, Price yeah he does. He does. He looks like a disgraced, yeah, a disgraced Why executive. did the Bucks fire Jason Kidd? Uh, beside uh, him being, like, an antisocial people, person? People, the, the players really hate it. It sounds like it was near mutiny. For real? Yeah, players really hated playing for him. Giannis? Apparently. I thought Giannis was, like, liked trying playing to, like, for him. yeah. I think it was everyone else. Okay. Uh, so there was an article that someone wrote that I haven't read recently. Like one of those good writers that that has insight. I haven't read it yet, but the sense that I got is that like, you know, I think it's the same reason why like I wouldn't hire like Kobe to be a coach. Like when you're that, there's, there is not a long history of elite players being good coaches. No. I mean, off the top of my head, I could not think of one. You know, Pat Riley was an okay player. Phil Jackson was an okay player. Uh, did Quinn Snyder play? I think maybe he did. I don't know. But, like, you know, Mike D'Antoni, like, the, all these guys are We're kind of the, decent players. Decent. But, like, there's no precedent for, like, a Jordan, Kobe. Yeah. If Stackhouse becomes a good coach, he'd be, like, the Yeah, first, probably the like, best one. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Steve Nash would be a good coach. Yeah. Congrats on the Hall Congrats of Fame. Congrats on the Hall, by yeah. the way. Okay, let's let's move into the playoff predictions. Yeah, all we, right. We went we started kind of the segue with the Bucks there. So there looks like they're they're about gonna get the eighth seed. So we'll start with the Eastern Conference. Okay. Uh what what's your prediction for who's gonna come out of the Eastern Conference? Well, if I'm betting money, I'm still betting on Cleveland. Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, just don't believe in Toronto until they prove it. Yeah, and when it matters, and they're already starting to play less less good. I this is tough for me because I I really want Toronto to win. Um, they've paid their they dues. Yeah, they've. I just like I really like Dwayne Casey. I like their team. I like yeah. DeRozan. I like Lowry. They have kind of like a weird bench too. That's I really fun. like Fred Van Vliet. That was my dog in in college. There you go, Wichita State. Um, I shockers. <laughs> I think they're like a fun fan base. I like the city, so I want them oh. to do well. I love the city of Toronto. Yeah, it's dope. It's so fun. Most underrated. Maybe it's not underrated anymore because I feel like everyone for the last like five years has been like. The most underrated city in, in North America is Toronto. So I'm really pulling for them. But yeah. the fact that they lost that recent game to Cleveland and then they lost a recent game to Boston without Kyrie Irving, yeah. those that doesn't bode well for them. They seem to still have crunch time issues. Ugh. And it that just breaks my heart. I really I, I love when like 
teams or players have like that confidence issue and then they get over the hump. Yeah. Like I was Dallas. really, I was like wanting, yeah, Dallas is a great example or like Clayton Kershaw, this last postseason, I was like really wanting him yeah. to have that incredible game and he just couldn't do it. No, he just grips the ball harder when he gets nervous and he tries too hard. And Dallas had, you know, they're the opposite story of that. The opposite yeah. ending where they flood the 2006 series and then yep. just stepped it up. And I want that to be for Toronto, but I, if I'm a betting person, I think the Cavs are going to come out of the East. The weird thing about this playoffs is because usually the NBA playoffs is chalk down the line. It's like you can pretty yep. much just pick the higher seed and that's who's going to win. If you told me, honestly, I'm looking at – so right now the standings that I have right now has Toronto playing Miami. But let's say it's Miami or Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. If they lost that series, I wouldn't be shocked. No. Uh, by the way, if Cleveland lost to Washington in the first round, I would not be shocked. I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked. I would be shocked. Um, the Wizards, I don't know. Yeah, they've been funky. So, yeah, well, so if you could predict one quote-unquote upset, uh, if you could pick one in the Eastern Conference, who who is the most likely five through eight that's going to win the first round? Well... I still think Boston, even though they've been playing really well as of late, is still a good candidate to lose in the first round. So right now I'm looking, I see Milwaukee's matched up with them. Uh, that just feels like the kind of series where if Ky- is Kyrie out? I think he's going to come back. I don't know though. But I think like a hobbled Kyrie, I just am like, okay, Giannis is the best player in that series. Yeah. So I'm like, that seems ripe for upset. I don't know. I think Cleveland's probably going to win. Um, I think Toronto's probably going to win. And Sixers, Pacers, who do you predict? Well, if Embiid is back, I, I like the Sixers as a kind of trendy upset pick where, you know, sometimes there are the years where the team that you think is a year away is suddenly not a year away. Like I think about that OKC team, mm-hmm. the early one when Harden was still on the team where they made the finals, yeah. where everyone was like, oh, they're probably like a year or two away. And it was like, no, they're in the finals. Right. Uh, I remember the Lakers played them. We um, we barely won. Barely won. Um, so you can see the Seventy Sixers upsetting the Raptors in the second round. That's when I'm. That's okay. If they have Embiid, I just I like that that team. I like their talent. Okay, let's jump to the Western Conference. So questions again: A, who's coming out of it, and B, if you could predict an upset, one upset, what would it be? Um, I think Houston is coming out. Wow. Uh, Bold prediction. I think Golden State, sometimes, uh, remember the last Miami year? Yeah. It was just like, it just, they never quite had the energy. And like, everyone kind of went like, well, it's LeBron, they're going to figure it out. And then they just kind of like, they kind of plopped out. This would be the fourth final in a row. It's for a them lot. To get. That's, it's a that's lot really to hard. Ask. And like, Steph's been battling injuries all season. Durant's had injuries. It just seems like a funk around the team a little bit. It does. And the thing for me isn't so much like Steph, Clay, or, or Durant. It's like the older guys like Livingston and yeah, Iguodala. Totally. They seem just a little less into it. And how can you not be after yeah. going to the final like four straight years? Yeah. Like they still are professionals and they care. But I think that fire, that same fire and like the people on the bench who like should be stepping up a little bit more aren't quite totally it also it reminds me of uh, the lakers in the 80s where i think we had played boston like back-to-back finals and split and then i think this was 86 and then boston was really good and la was really good and then we lost the rockets in like the western conference finals and it was just kind of like oh well this sucks now i have to watch boston destroy the rockets yeah and then we came back and won back-to-back but it does seem like one of those years where it's kind of everyone, I think, still is kind of thinking it's going to be Golden State, Cleveland. I, th- I think one of the, my, I guess my kind of like not bold, bold prediction is like one of those teams is not going to make it. I don't know which one, but yeah. maybe both. I think the Rockets, I mean, they lost pretty bad to the Spurs today. Yeah. That was pretty interesting. And they were playing yeah, all they scored of, 83 points, right? Yeah, and they had, I think, Capella and CP3 and Harden were all playing. Um, but I I like their chances. 
I think they're well built. I think they're well built. They're well coached. I see them coming out. Uh, Who? What's one upset that you could see in the first round? Well, not to be. I think all of my upset picks are like the trendy upset picks, but I've been I've been loving this Utah team all year. Jazz over Blazers. I like very much believe in in them, and I like the Blazers, but um, I don't think there's much distance separating those teams at all. I think if it's Jazz Blazers, you got to go with the Jazz. Yeah, like that seems like the the one. I think Minnesota is the team that scares me the least out of all of those. Those teams, I think Tom Thibodeau has just burned those guys completely out, and I don't know what version of Jimmy Butler is in. Who do, who do you like as a as maybe your second choice of, of someone who who might make some noise, even if not in the first round? Do you see like this any of the San Antonios or OKCs uh, or Portland, any of them giving Houston or Golden State a, a I shot. mean, I think the Spurs-Rockets second round would be interesting. Yeah. And I think that could go deep, but I, I just can't see the Spurs pulling that off. Still but seem I to have enough firepower, be, right? I think that could be like a good six or seven game series. It's an interesting thing of like, you know, the Spurs will definitely have a strategy. That they'll have like, okay, exactly. we need to... I mean, you saw this game, it's like 100 to 83 or something. You're like, that's not a Rockets score. That's a Spurs score. Um. So, like, they know they have to just muddy the waters and try to slow it down and make it sloppy and gross and try to win, you know, in the 90s or whatever. Exactly. Um, You know, the Pelicans are a funny team because Anthony Davis is just playing out of his mind. Yeah, but they're going to lose in the first round. It seems that way. And OKC, I have no—if you told me OKC made the finals, I would believe it. Yeah. If you told me they got—they lost in five in the first round, I would believe that, too. That's going to be—that's going to be a fun team They are all over the place. You have no idea what you're going to get with them. Do you think there's any shot that Denver or the Clippers sneak in? I— I think one of those teams will probably overtake the T-Wolves, and I— I hope it's the Clippers and not the Nuggets because, like you, I do not like the Nuggets. And even what a weird year where we being hating the Nuggets. <laughs> yeah, and I I would root for the Clippers over the Nuggets. That's pretty crazy, but I I like I Amen. actually like the Clippers team this year. Me too. Um, our right. beloved Lakers will not be in the playoffs. No, we will not. Eli will have frosted tips, and that we'll be watching correct. from the sidelines. That's right. Uh, any other final thoughts before we wrap up this? No, this but we did a good job of filling time. <laughs> <laughs> we said words for many minutes. Many minutes were t- were spoke. We spoke for many minutes, and uh, sometimes, occasionally, maybe sounded somewhat intelligent. All right, That's we love you all. Ball out, ball out. Signing out. Uh, we'll be back yet later. All right. Peace. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.